0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the DieCast Movie Review Podcast. My name is Michaela, and I'm joined here with my dad, Steve, and my brother, Ben. And for this episode, we have a special guest, Derek M. Cook, from Monster Kid Radio. Hello, Derek. How are you?
1: I'm great. I'm happy to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: Well, we're glad you were able to join us here today.
1: I'm glad you say that now. We'll talk about the movie, and then I'll ask you how glad you really are to have me here afterwards. (laughs) (laughs)
2: So, Derek, um, what have you been up to recently?
1: Everything and anything that you can... Yeah, I've just been a busy, busy boy trying to figure out how to survive on no sleep and uh, nothing but podcasting. Um, Monster Kid Radio is in its seventh, eighth year. We're coming up on episode 500. Uh, it's, it's slowly approaching. Uh, so, just been really doing everything I can to keep Monster Kid Radio fresh and engaging, which... Uh, you know has been a challenge because uh, you know we've done a lot and I don't want to just kind of stay the same I'm trying to continually grow the, the podcast and the quote-unquote brand and that's why we do the weekly Movie watch parties now. Uh, we've been doing them every weekend. We call we, we were calling it something else But now we call it the monster kid movie club And once a week on the weekend we do anywhere from eight to ten hours of just monster movies and television It's all free to watch on twitch over at twitch.tv slash monster kid radio or MonsterKidMovieClub, club. And I don't know when this episode is going out, but by the time this episode comes out, we will have added a second day to doing this on Tuesday nights. We're going to be doing a mini version of that where we show science fiction movies and we call it the monster kid astronomy club. And that's again, part of the monster kid movie club website. So between those two projects, I've got a short novel that I'm working on a collection of short stories that I'm working on finally getting more versions of the classic five game that we play on monster kid radio available for sale, just trying to keep busy, you know, just got a lot going on right now.
2: And for listeners that don't know monster kid radio does a lot of the classic movies and Derek doesn't just do movies. He also has interviews too, like we do also. And um, so it's, it's a lot of times able to get different writers or um, different people from that classic genre to show up on his show. Like um, you've had, um, what, Victoria Price, um, Donnie again, mm-hmm. which we've had on our show. You've also had on your show um, a little earlier than we did. And who else have you had?
1: So uh, I'll answer that question. But first, I'm not doing interviews like you do because you are doing some pretty amazing work, uh, the three of you over there, are just knocking it out of the park with the interviews that you've been doing. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I've had Victoria Price, uh, Julie Adams, rest in peace, Uh, on the show some of the hammer actresses like veronica carlson and martine Beswick, christopher neem so basically uh, whenever i go to an event and there is a celebrity there that i think monster kid radio listeners would want to hear from i try to set up an interview with them in person uh, with them which sometimes can lead to a good five ten minute conversation sometimes longer Uh, like i said not like what you guys do you guys to been knocking it out of the park. I know that's not why you had me on the show, uh, just to talk about how awesome you guys are, but then you, your, interviews are awesome.
2: Oh, thank you. Thank you. And, um, you also, you talked about, you have some stuff to, um, writing that you're working on. That's coming up. You already have a book out. Mm-hmm. Mark Templer monster hunter mark
1: temple uh, monster hunter you can find it at Marktemple.com. uh the actual name of the series is supernatural solutions the mark temple case files volume one is out right now it's a collection of five short stories mark temple is a modern day elimination expert uh he (laughs) he's hired to deal with your supernatural threats and these stories are just things that have been kicking around in my head for years to finally get them down on paper was pretty exciting. And there is a second volume in the works as well, where he deals with some more monster issues. They are primarily the the classic monster archetypes, mummies, vampires, a few other things you might not be able to explain, but still kind of work the same way. I'm really excited about where Mark Temple is going to go uh, in the future.
2: And for those listeners that aren't familiar with Monster Kid Radio, we're going to play a short little promo from Derek show.
1: Prepare for a spine-tingling, nerve-shattering podcast featuring all your favorite monsters. You won't believe your ears when you listen to Monster, Monster Kid Radio. Here, your host... Derek M. Cook and his ever-rotating stable of guests discuss your favorite classics and sometimes not-so-classic monster movies. Subscribe to Monster Kid Radio through iTunes or Stitcher or visit monsterkidradio.net before the next weekly episode of Monster Kid Radio.
2: And for listeners wondering how I got started in podcasting was guest hosting on Derek's show and do, we've done, um, what about four or five, six movies. I think my favorite one I've done with you is Cave of the Living Dead.
1: Oh yeah. And I, that's one, and I kept trying to do like a, trying to come up with a way to do maybe like a, a follow-up to that or maybe even make a series out of, that, out of that. Cause that was a movie that neither one of us had seen. You stumbled across it on Amazon prime. The title must have grabbed you or something and you, suggested we do it. And that was a blast. That movie is so good.
2: Oh, I know. And it was, it, uh, I, I think, um, uh, people I've ran into the, the different conventions that know your show when they hear my voice and I feel sorry for them because they, they hear my voice. They're like, Oh, you look like that. You know, <laughs> there's, there's a reason <laughs> it's an audio. Yeah. yeah. I got, I got that face for an audio podcast. And, uh, <laughs> but the thing is, is they. Th- I think sometimes when you find these hidden gems and you, and they end up being really good ones and we get to share that with people out there, I think that's, what's really nice. And that's, that's the satisfying part is having somebody else enjoy something that they might never have known about.
1: Oh, and that's why I do what I do. I mean, there are so many monster movies out there from the past that have slipped through the cracks. I mean, everybody knows the universal stuff, the hammer stuff, Roger Corman, Vincent Price, you know, all of that, but there are so many little hidden gems and maybe not so gym-like films out there that have fallen through the cracks, have slipped into weird distribution deals over the years. Um, maybe they were done overseas somewhere. Maybe it was some regional film somebody made, and it just never got a huge release. It's fun to kind of dig into the history of genre filmmaking and find this stuff. Cave of the Living Dead, that was a German film, wasn't it?
2: Yes, it was. It was like a German yeah, and- spy vampire movie, and it's just as interesting as it sounds. It really moves... No lagging time, and it's it's, it's it's still still works today as, as a fun mm-hmm. flick to watch on a Saturday afternoon.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it hit all those Euro-spy-like tropes of the 60s, but threw some vampires in for good measure, and it was just awesome. And I remember even just recently on Facebook with that, pick a horror movie that's influenced you over the next 10 days and post a picture. You posted that as one of them. And it just makes me smile because it's one of those things that we would have never even discovered or thought about if we didn't have the podcast to talk about it. So it was just great to see. And speaking of which, if I can just comment on that, you tagged me in that thread on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> and I will be uh, following up with that, but I'll be doing that on my YouTube channel, probably on you know, one of my Monster Kid Radio YouTube channels. I'll send you the links to all my various YouTube things. There's a lot going on right now. Um, but yeah, you can see me doing the horror movie tag game or whatever Steve tagged me on on YouTube in the near future.
2: Awesome. Awesome. And um, speaking of um, hidden gems or things that people don't find, uh, um, don't know about one of the movies you did not that long ago was Dracula versus Frankenstein. And that movie was directed by who Derek?
1: My man, Al Adamson, somebody who uh, doesn't get enough respect. He's starting to get more and more attention, but the man Loved making movies, man. And he's one of these guys who got to live the dream of being a filmmaker. I love this guy.
2: Al Adamson also directed the movie that you picked for us to um, review and listen to. Because as people know, we have a guest host on. They picked the movie. And, um, Derek, um, tell us about what movie you picked and why.
1: (laughs) Suddenly, I feel like I'm being interrogated.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Derek, we do ask this of everybody, so it's not just you. Oh, I
1: know. I know, I know. It just feels very like what were you thinking? So... On that uh, note. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. All right, so the movie that I chose was a movie from the uh, mid-second half of the 70s, you know, 1976. It's called Black Samurai. It's had a few other titles over the years, but it's known mostly as Black Samurai. It stars... Jim Kelly, who is one of my absolute favorite actors from this sort of, quote unquote, exploitation period. He didn't, you know, he's not like in the mold of like Fred the Hammer, Williamson or anything like that. But he did do a handful of movies like that. Uh, and it's just something that I have enjoyed since the first time I've seen it. In fact, the first time I saw it, I didn't realize it was Al Adamson. I didn't realize it was by the guy who directed one of my favorite movies of all. Okay, I yeah, can't be serious with that. Um, <laughs> I didn't realize it was directed by the guy who did Dracula versus Frankenstein. So when I put it in to watch it, man, I was just blown away. Uh, it's, it's a lot of fun, man.
2: We, we right? Should, well, sure. 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 Derek. We it was. Can go okay, with that. Okay. <laughs> oh boy.
1: This should be one of those podcasts, isn't it? Oh boy. No, it, it, it. I'm so sorry guys. <laughs>
2: Well, you're making assumptions, Derek. Just because I sent you a message during the middle of the film saying our heads hurt um, doesn't mean we disliked it. It just could mean that we all had headaches at the same time. Uh-huh.
0: Uh-huh. <laughs> so do you uh-huh. want to give a brief summary or a elongated uh, summary of the movie?
3: I don't know if I do or not now. <laughs> I, if it's too late uh, to back out now. And,
2: and, and listeners, this could be why Derek normally stays of classic horror films. I don't know.
1: <laughs> oh, wow. Okay. Well, I think the best way to describe this movie is to call it this weird blend between light black exploitation, James Bond. Um, James. Bo- oh, boy. I'm getting a weird disconnection here. Hold on. Am I
2: still on? Yeah, you've yeah. been on yeah. the whole time.
1: Am I still there? Yep.
2: Yes. Oh, okay.
1: Maybe it's just coming in on my end. Okay. Anyway, I think the best way to describe this movie is to call it maybe like a a light black exploitation film blended with a James Bond ripoff um, while trying to make you think that it might even be somehow connected to a Bruce Lee film. (laughs) Uh, It stars Jim Kelly, who is this martial arts expert, and we are introduced to him while he's playing tennis, which is actually something he was good at. He was a tennis instructor for many years after he retired from acting. So he is playing tennis and is approached by some white guy who (laughs) wants to give him a job. But Jim Kelly is on vacation, and we learned through their conversation that Jim Kelly works for the government or, or some form of that. He actually works for a branch called DRAGON, which stands for the Defense Reserve Agency Guardian of Nations, which, I mean, that's a mouthful. But it was created specifically because Jim Kelly was in Enter the Dragon with uh, Bruce Lee, and they wanted to have that kind of sort of connection, maybe, to kind of promote the movie. But Jim Kelly works for this group, and he's being asked to take on a job. But again, he's on vacation. He's still got two to three weeks left. He's not doing anything for you guys, man. I'm I'm busy. I got my love match to do, and he's talking about tennis, of course. Until it's revealed that the job that he's going to go on is somehow— involved with the kidnapping of his girlfriend his girlfriend's been kidnapped by this group they're involved with some other shady stuff regarding a weapon it's pretty nebulous that's actually as to why they are bad but we are told they are bad guys so jim kelly agrees to take the take the case he's going to go on the job get in his fancy car doesn't want any interference and goes to take on the warlock which is the name they've given the bad guy in the movie. He's played by a guy by the name of Bill Roy, who I know absolutely nothing about, but the warlock isn't just a fancy name. He actually supposedly is into some weird occult stuff. Uh, At one point he talks about dealing with the devil. Another point, there's some voodoo iconography thrown up on screen. I can't imagine any of it's really well researched or, or put together. There's just enough trappings here to make it seem like it might be something spooky, but not really. And, Janicott, the warlock, Janicott's his real name, uh, the warlock has this group of (laughs) martial arts experts around him and then other fighters that Jim Kelly has to get through to get to him. You know, the plot's not that deep. The synopsis (laughs) I can give you is that Jim Kelly as Robert Sand, Agent of Dragon, has to go through several scenarios in which he is traveling and gets attacked. He's trading in his hotel room, and he gets attacked. He is sneaking into a party. He gets attacked uh, until he gets to the end of the movie, and he gets attacked some more and gets captured and, is man- and manages to turn the tables and, and survive. And obviously, you know, it's a feel-good movie, sure. So he wins at the end, and that's that. There are jetpacks. There are giant vultures. I think I was a vulture for some reason or other. There is a dance that kind of looks like a voodoo ceremony, Maybe. There are uh, some really groovy-looking cars, one heck of a soundtrack. I can't imagine that people working on this movie had anything but fun uh, while they were doing it. Now, is it a successful film? I'm sure we'll talk about that. But, I mean, really, that's about as deep as the movie gets. Uh, is that sufficient for you guys? You want me to go more? Go further?
0: <laughs> that, that's think- about a summary of the movie, Yeah. <laughs> I think that's actually a better summary of the movie than the summary of the movie we read online.
1: Well, and see, I did read some of the things online, and I, I love some of these posts on the internet movie database where you know there's bad cars, bad women, bad animals. It's like, come on, dude, It's just fun stuff, man.
2: And there was some stuff post. I was like, was that that was not in the movie I watched? Was there some things <laughs> that were edited out that we didn't see? Yeah, I yeah.
3: remember reading online that the ransom for Robert Sand's girlfriend was supposed to be like the secrets to this freeze bomb thing. I don't remember hearing that in the movie at all. It's just like randomly put on the internet and Wikipedia.
1: Yeah. And that's the thing, right? There's a lot of stuff that happens in this movie where Jim Kelly is the good guy. The warlock is the bad guy. Now go. There's really not a lot of why do we have to get this guy other than, he kidnapped Jim Kelly's girlfriend or Robert Sam's girlfriend. So he must be the bad guy now. Oh, and maybe they're swingers. <laughs> okay. Whatever. <laughs> you know? So yeah, it, it's not very, uh, deep.
2: Now, normally Derek, this is the point where we let the guests talk about some of the things they like, but I think just to change it up a little bit, because I think you have, you might have more than we do. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> I think, I think we'll start with Ben and go to Michaela and, um,
1: Oh boy! And and, and, and,
2: and see how and see how um, what they have to say and 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 listeners like we usually do we talk about things we liked and then and then after that we'll talk about things we felt could have maybe been improved because we always try to look at it for some people every movie they might love and somebody else might not like it because everybody has different tastes which we've talked about before.
1: Yeah, you might like this movie or you might be wrong. I mean, that's totally you know.
2: Well, we know what stance Derek is taking, but let's let's find out some of the things that Ben might have liked about the film.
3: So, a couple of the things that I did like were Jim Kelly's car in the film, or I guess Robert Sands' car in the film. It was it looked like a really cool car. Um, the fight scenes, not necessarily all the fight choreography, specifically the scenes where Jim Kelly is beating up people, and specifically all the low blows just because of how funny it was like you could be watching this film with friends at a party and you could take shots to that and probably black out by the end of the movie the that amount car was of awesome. just like sheer it. nut shots Jim <laughs> Kelly does in the movie is incredible
2: I to think of all the movies I've seen, and I've seen a lot of action films, this movie by far has the most shots to the crotch than any movie I've ever seen. I mean, it's just, it's, it's got to be at least 20, maybe 30. I don't know. He goes, some guys, he does a triple hit to the, and then he kicks them there at the end. I'm like, good
3: Lord. <laughs> and it did say in the credits that Jim Kelly did his own fight choreography for the film. So that was Jim Kelly. <laughs>
2: Okay. Uh huh. Well, I I, I think that, you know, like I said, it was just a lot of crotch shots. (laughs) Michaela?
0: (laughs) I liked the music that went along with the movie. I mean, um, it was very good. It kind of like helped solidify that it's in the 70s, even if you couldn't tell that just by looking at the people, but it took place in the 70s. But I really liked the different song choices and stuff that they had in there. It, it seemed to really fit. That makes sense.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed the soundtrack too. Uh, Did you enjoy the soundtrack Derek? I know you're not big. You're not a big soundtrack guy for movies.
1: Oh, I find film music to be really distracting. No. Uh, <laughs> I, I love the music in this. And, and a lot of it was like library music. It wasn't necessarily something that was composed specifically for the movie. A lot of it was acquired through various music libraries and, and that sort of thing that Al Adamson and his partners had access to. But I think they did a really good job of folding it together. It really kind of made everything fit thematically. It had this kind of cool, funky kind of vibe to it, and I love it. There's never been an official soundtrack release, but people have over the years put together their own fan compilations of the soundtrack, finding the different pieces of library music. And I've got it on my iPod. I listen to it every once in a while. I dig it, man.
2: I knew you would have it. I knew you would have it. And (laughs) one of the things I liked is that you got to give the Warlock credit. He hires diversity early before it was ever a trend. I mean, you look at all of his people that he has enforcing his different, um, things that he wants to do. And it's, uh, across the spectrum, you know? So it's like, if, if you want to work for him, you're hired. I mean, that's pretty much what it is. Uh-huh. You never thought I was going to bring in diversity in the warlock and say that with how he was doing such a good thing there. Now, did you?
3: Dude, I'm on board, man. <laughs> I have to say this was probably one of the most diverse casts for a movie that I've ever seen. They're like just everybody's in it
1: yeah up to and including Felix
3: yes
1: (laughs) cousin it man from the Adams family without the hairs in it
2: (laughs) Uh, and he was and he was he almost took down Jim Kelly it was awesome (laughs) so Derek what what are some of the things you liked about this film So
1: I really enjoy Jim Kelly. I like a lot of black exploitation films. I I like watching, uh, and and I wish I knew more about it and had more time to watch even more black exploitation, but I really do enjoy that particular, I'm just going to call it a genre uh, as opposed to anything else. I I find it fascinating. I find the reasoning behind those movies to be fascinating. And Jim Kelly is somebody who kind of danced in that arena a little bit. And, for example, I would really recommend Three the Hard Way as uh, is, is another Jim Kelly film. But he uh, that's just fantastic. And I, I really like him. I find him incredibly charismatic. He's somebody that I could go on an adventure on and, and kind of wish there was even more movies with him in this type of role. Unfortunately, he's somebody who uh, did pass relatively young people. Uh, cancer it took him unfortunately but you know he left behind this really cool collection of films and I, I love him in this movie i love the car too uh ben mentioned the car that was uh let's see i think i found it here in 1972 dino at uh, the convertible and it is awesome i don't know anything about cars i had to find that on the internet car movie database but Man, that car is just sweet. And there's this cool little chase scene, kind of, sort of. And it's got a gun on it. You know, it's a spy movie, so there's kind of a spy movie, so there's a gun on it. Uh, The car is fun. The music is fun. I do like the cast. I think it's all over the place, whether you're dealing with this insecure-looking white guy as the Warlock or Cousin It or the dozens of kung fu and karate experts the Warlock is hiring. You know, to work for him, uh, the stripper is played by Al Adamson's wife. Uh, it's just, It's got one heck of a fun cast. I like the choreography. I know it's silly and kind of over the top. And Jim Kelly really likes to make those hoo-ah, hoo-ah, sounds and faces, which you get with a lot of these Kung Fu and Karate movies. I get that. But there's just something so entertaining about watching him pull those faces that I dig. Oh, I agree. I with you keep going, but I agree. Yeah. With you. I
2: enjoyed Jim Kelly. I, I enjoyed him from Enter the Dragon, and mm-hmm. um, and because he was able to do a, a lot there. And it, it's interesting because now he's trying to carry the whole film, and there's parts of him that that it parts of the part that that worked, and I think some parts that didn't work. And for me, and I haven't seen his other some of his other works where he was the lead character, but just judging this from Enter the Dragon to this. You know something
0: it's better to reign in hell serve in heaven Toki bait for the trap Chavez pain is his pleasure Bone the crusher Sin Lovely to look at
3: I like to think of you as my white knight come to my rescue never the white knight baby murderous
0: to know dance for him. They desire him. They die for him. Pines, which side is he really
1: on?
0: Black
3: Samurai is coming your way. Jim Kelly, heading for
0: action. So that was the trailer for the movie.
1: I'm so glad I put myself on mute because I would have blown out your headphones by how much I was laughing and cheering. (laughs) I I, I forgot about that line. I forgot the, you're my white knight. Never white, baby. Oh, come on, man. That's classic.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Derek, that, that's, why, that's why I love your podcast so much. You, you find joy in every little thing. <laughs> you know, that's the thing, man.
1: I, I've been sitting here ever since you told me you wanted me to talk about some of the things that I would have liked to have seen improved. I'm sitting here racking my brain. I don't normally talk about the downside to a lot of these things on Monster Kid Radio. So this is going to be an interesting uh, uh, bit of mental gymnastics for me to try to get there. But I'll get there. I'll get there.
2: Again, we're not talking about things like you didn't like. It's like sometimes there could be a scene that could have been expanded a little bit better to even give you more enjoyment.
1: Oh, okay. Okay.
2: See, I'm trying to find a way for you to, to help you, to help you with that mental gymnastics.
1: <laughs> well, I, I have a few comments and I'll, and I'll get there when it's my turn to speak.
2: <laughs> well, actually I, I think going to consider where we're heading into in this part of the review, I think we'll let you go first because it's like the reverse oh. dynamic.
1: <laughs> okay, fair enough. Fair enough. So there are a few things that I would have liked to have seen improved upon. and uh, Al Adamson sometimes has an issue when it comes to audio. He shoots so quick and dirty and fast that sound is sometimes not – captured very well sometimes you have to rely on looping audio in the studio later or it's just not recorded very well to begin with and there are some inconsistencies with the audio there and of course I'm an audio guy you know I did I do sound work on movies I do the podcasting I've been doing audio for 10 plus years so of course I'm going to pick up on that so that's one thing that I probably would have liked to have seen corrected however the biggest thing that I would have liked to have seen changed in this movie and this is an issue that I have with some of the movies that I absolutely love there is a particular slur that's used in this movie more than once. I'm not going to say what it is because I don't want to flag your podcast, but you know, if any kind of happened to put parental warning or anything like that on it, but there's a name that is thrown up that that certain people are called a couple of times. It makes me uncomfortable. And I know it's the seventies. I know it's quote unquote, a different time and I understand, but we've grown so much past that. And whenever I hear that in a movie, even in a movie of this time that, it just, it makes everything come to a screeching halt for me for a second. Um, this is a word that is used by the villains and the good guys a couple of times. Jim Kelly calls uh, the guy that he's fighting at the end. Ben was talking about that, that fight at the end with Bone, uh, played by Charles Grant. Robert Sand and Bone are fighting back and forth, and at one point, Sand calls Bone this name. And, and I get it. Again, it's the 70s, and it's, you know, a thing, but it, it, it bothers me still. Um so I, I would have liked to have seen that removed or excised, but I know it's hard to do that without really kind of altering the history and blah blah, blah And you know going,
2: can I move on? <laughs> yeah, I think I think you covered it, you know you're, you're and yeah. that kind of stuff, so it's it's, it, it's uncomfortable yeah, and we heard it it was in the um, the initial car chase scene, and we all looked at each other and it's like, yeah. oh, yeah, you could tell this was filmed back then, and of course, the, the guys that yeah. said okay. it all suffered um
0: um a, they exploded yes they
2: exploded.
1: <laughs> well you know and it's one thing for the villain to say it because it's a bad thing for people to say so i have the bad guy say it i but it's still kind of a cheap way to kind of anyway moving on uh sound that issue i would have liked to have seen maybe a little bit more magic <laughs> you know, he's a warlock there's voodoo Give me something really spooky. Give me something supernatural. Make us question whether or not the devil really did tell Janiket who Sand was, like he said he did. I, I want to know more about that. I wanted to see And some... I would have loved to have seen more. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, you go. I would say, and I also would have liked to have seen more between Sand and Pines. There, Pines is this guy who works for Dragon. He's Sand's hookup. He gets him the invitation to Janiket's party. He turns up at these weird moments that make Sam think that maybe Pines is in on the whole thing. Maybe he's not to be trusted. I would have liked to have seen more with those two. I'd like to believe that if this ever became a series, a franchise or whatever, there'd be more with Pines and Sam doing stuff together. Just to kind of have that uncomfortable kind of relationship there. They work together, but they still kind of rub against each other the wrong way. I would have liked to have seen more of
2: that. Yeah, I can understand that.
3: other than that, this movie's perfect. <laughs> I wouldn't go that far. You, you almost, you almost, uh,
2: almost calls me to fall over when you said that line. Of course, then I remember you really loved like things like Manos to Hands of Fate and other I and other things. So it's and I just remember, okay, this this is, and that's why I was talking about people that are listening. We're we're you know I know some of you guys are gonna really love this film going in and we're we're just talking about things that we felt that could have made the, the viewing experience better for us. And we're not, you know, and again, we're we're trying not to say like certain things are terrible because like, like Derek said, they, they actually made a movie, which most people are never able to do, you know? And so there's only a few people that have actually made movies all the way through. So it's, you know, and, and it was also a low budget film.
1: Yeah. And, you know, this is something that I've always kind of, believed and and tried to keep in mind through all the different movie podcasts that I've done over the years, not just monster kid radio, but my previous shows as well. Every movie is going to be somebody's favorite, right? Every movie out there has got its supporters and its fans. That said, I can't think of any movie that I would consider perfect. There's always something you can do a little bit differently to make it just a little bit better. So I'll leave it at that.
0: I would like to say one thing I felt they could have approved upon in this movie is giving uh Jim Kelly actual samurai weapons? You see him practicing in like the one hotel room with a sword and numchucks once, mm-hmm. and then you <laughs> finally see him get a sword again, and he gives it away to. Oh, that's Pines. right at the end. So yeah, that's right. It doesn't. It doesn't make sense to me why they call him. The black samurai, if he doesn't use samurai weapons.
2: Yeah, because I remember when I said they got to the big fights and I said they somehow got to get him a sword. And then when I saw Sin had the sword, I'm like, oh, he's going to get the sword. And and there's like 50 goons that he's got to fight. I'm thinking, this is going to be good. This is going to be good. And then he uses the sword to cut pines free and then gives pines the sword and that's it. And I'm like, what?
3: What? And we're all sitting there together (laughs) And I was kind of like called it. They don't have the budget for the blood. <laughs> and that's, yeah,
1: I was about to say that's like you know that just means you have to do more even more special effects and more blood and and more choreography if you bring in bladed weapons into it. He used a pole. He used a spear-like thing, kind of sort of at one point.
0: Yeah, but that, how, did right? how did he get it? How did he get it? Yeah, yeah.
3: <laughs> like uh, the scene where you, what he what gets it just isn't in the film. <laughs>
0: it's almost
2: like those old cartoons like sword or or, or spear and a boom and it pops into his hand like he had a magic gauntlet or something It would you know that's where the magic was that's it yeah but it's with the wrong guy
1: yeah true, true i mean he was
2: pulling gadgets all out of his he was pulling gadgets out of his pants like there was no tomorrow
3: yeah <laughs> he starts getting these gadgets like Really, in this last part of the movie, like he pulls out what look looks like lipstick and uses it to burn a hole through the rope to free himself, and then later he pulls something out of his pants and it's a flamethrower. Apparently,
2: so maybe that's where he had the the spear. I don't know. You know, like it it, it grows, it opens up, and it grows on impact with air. I have no idea. <laughs> but the nunchucks—they show him practice, like Mikhail said, with the samurai sword and the nunchucks. Now you could do the nunchucks and not have to go crazy with the special effects budget, but to show him and establish that he is proficient in those weapons, and then never to use said weapons again in a fight was was um a little um
0: of a letdown. Yeah, it was it a, was letdown.
2: a letdown. I was expect. I mean, it's like Chekhov's gun. You're gonna you're you're establishing these things early on. You expect to pay off to be in the big fight scene.
3: It could also have been that just Jim Kelly didn't feel confident enough using them with the stuntmen or something and decided not to do it. You never know. He could have just been like swords and nunchucks. They're just not my thing. I'm a different type of martial artist. I can do like the showy stuff on my own, but I don't feel comfortable hitting somebody with them because I might accidentally hurt them.
2: And as it comes for his nickname, actually I'm I'm fine with them calling him his code name Black Samurai as his code name because it's just – a name, you know, it's a codename. Uh, so I can give it a pass on that. But once once they established him with the weapons, then after that, I was like, I expected to see the weapons later. I mean, at least, at least kill one guy with
3: a sword. <laughs> one thing I, I would say that I would have liked to change about the film is to have Jim Kelly's character be a more likable character. Because he kind of fights dirty a lot of the time almost where it kind of made it hard for me to root for him a whole lot. Cause even though he's going to save this person and he works for this government agency, he kind of came off as like a, a dirty fighter or almost a mean fighter to me in the scenes, especially in the scene where the guy's in the like pond of water and he like throws the rock down on his head. Yeah. Yeah, and then yeah. the scene where he's fighting um, I think he said the character's name was Bone where he's imitating Muhammad Ali where he's really mm-hmm. just like trashing this other guy and I almost when we first saw it we thought that was the villain character talking to him and we didn't realize until he started talking about his footwork and stuff that it was Jim Kelly's character saying that because it sounded like something that a villain would say to a heroic character.
2: Yeah, I agree, with Ben. Because I, I, we, were, I was thrown off too. Like who was saying what? Because again, nobody's lips were moving. And we, and you talked about this earlier, and so did I about the um, the looping of the dialogue, and um, sometimes it makes it a little more difficult. And I can see why they did that because they probably just like, oh, we're gonna be on top of a building. Let's just fight it. Then we'll do the dialogue later so that way we don't have to worry about trying to record the sound and I can understand it but at least have the guys move their lips on occasion so to, you know they're saying something <laughs> Sure. but there's one thing about this film that Derek did not know about going in and, and Ben and I would, would have told Michaela about ahead of time there's a certain thing Michaela does not like in any film and I'll let her pick up now
0: there are a whole bunch of snakes and it's a stupid way for them to keep snakes because the only thing keeping the snakes from getting out is a gate. The snakes can go through the gate. (laughs) It's not even a solid door.
3: It's like jail bars.
0: Yeah, it's very stupid.
3: (laughs) These
2: are the most stupidest snakes ever because they can't, oh, there's there's this big open gap. Oh, we can't go because, you know, it's a door. (laughs) (laughs)
3: the other thing is this isn't a very effective way to use snakes as a weapon because snakes in the dark are colder and they're cold-blooded animals so they move a lot slower so the odds of them (laughs) actually being able to go around as quickly as they did are very slim
2: i don't know what else to say about the snakes i mean We, we, the, the trailer does the, when I go. Not the trailer, but Wikipedia does say there's bad animals. When I need, I think what they we thought bad was like in good and evil. It's like no, uh-huh. the, 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 these snakes were like I said were just so dumb they couldn't figure out how to escape through bars. Did you ever think? <laughs> did you think about that, Derek, when you were watching it?
1: <laughs> no, I didn't. I <laughs> I did not. Um, but you're right. It is ridiculous.
2: I mean, all they had to do was have a solid door, a solid door, and it would have been, a, you know, with maybe a little panel top so you can like open up and look inside and shut, and that would have been fine. But it's like, uh, oh it's well, it's a gate.
3: It's a gate. One <laughs> other thing that I thought could have been improved was establishing where they are, because supposedly they were supposed to be in all these different places, and I thought the whole time they were just in California. like that confused me so much i think mikhail
2: you were thrown off one time you thought they were still in hong kong or something
0: yeah it was it was very confusing as to like where they were yeah because we
3: they started off in like hong kong and then a couple of scenes later there's this mariachi band and we were like they do mariachi in (laughs) hong kong (laughs) <laughs> we were like, what's going on?
2: And I had to tell them that no, they're in California. And they're like, when did they get to California?
3: <laughs> yeah, we were we were basically like, why? I thought they were in Hong Kong.
2: And I never I never picked up on the scene when they ever got to Miami. I mean, I know it says it in the, in the thing. Like, I was like, when did they get to Miami? <laughs> and guess,
0: when did they leave Miami for California?
3: I guess that might have been when he was playing tennis. I the,
0: thought they said he was in Mexico. I, I don't
2: know. <laughs> it just needed a title screen, you know, like like where location is and it, it would have been fine. It is you know something pretty simple to do. <laughs> so we know where he was at.
1: Yeah. Um you know again though that goes I feel like to the filmmaker, you know, I'll- there's a really good documentary that came out, I think, was it last year, the end of last year, about Al Adamson. There's a big box set that came out. It's pretty much every Al Adamson film in there. And I don't have the box set, but I did watch the documentary. And it really kind of dives into his background and explores that he really didn't like horror movies or these types of movies. He just liked making movies, whether it was something that he made money or not, that was the biggest issue. And he just liked cranking these things out and being a filmmaker and maybe slowing down to establish where they were just wasn't something he was interested in doing. Let's just crank this one out because I want to make the next one. And I want to make the one after that. You know, I don't know.
2: So you're saying he's more of a later day Ed Wood.
1: I don't know if I'd go that far. Um, I think, I think Al Adamson had a little bit more going for him than Ed Wood. And I like Ed Wood, don't get me wrong. But I think he's better than that.
3: I would say one thing that I did... I know this is dislikes and I get angry when people talk about dislikes or likes during dislikes. But since we've been talking about him, one thing I did enjoy about the movie was it didn't take itself too seriously. Like, it Mm -hmm. wasn't trying to be James Bond where it built suspense and definitive plot lines and, like, a strong emotional attachment to the characters. It was a little goofier, a little bit more like we're just going to roll with it. And it made it a little bit more enjoyable. Like if it had tried to take itself too seriously and rely on the acting more, I don't think it would have been this good of a film. I think it would have been a worse film, but
2: I agree with you, Ben. It, it Definitely. It, it, the, the, Al Adamson knew what he was doing in that sense. Like he wasn't taking himself seriously. The, the, the dialogue, whatever, just, just go for it. And and trying to make he tried to make a fun picture. Now, did he succeed in that or not is the interesting thing. So, Derek, would you recommend Black Samurai to the average person?
1: <laughs> I don't know any average people in my life. I don't know how to answer
2: that. <laughs> well, to the to the general audience, you know, it's a... to
1: the general audience of this podcast, yes. I would wholeheartedly recommend it. <laughs>
2: Good, I, I like so, that. You I did not, you it. did not do a yeah. Jeff Owens on me, where he had me watch the pirate movie and didn't recommend it. I'm like, what? How could you re- pick a movie to not recommend? I like a person that stands by their pick and stands by their convictions. Derek, you have my thanks for that.
3: That's right, man. There you go.
2: <laughs> okay, Ben, how about you? Um,
3: I don't think I would recommend this movie to a what? Just like somebody that I. <laughs> meet on the street or just like a person who's not into martial arts films or 70s film, like this era of 70s films, or who's not a big martial arts buff, I don't think I would recommend this movie to them. Now, if I know somebody who's really into martial arts, I would probably recommend it just because it does have some cool fight scenes. I wish that there were more fight scenes and less other stuff, but...
2: Okay, so Ben gives a a negative review to the general population, but if they're fans of the martial art type films, he goes thumbs up. And that takes us to Michaela.
0: Yeah, I don't recommend this movie. What? (laughs) (laughs) Um, It was okay to watch. Like, there were parts that I liked, but I don't think I'm ever going to watch this movie again. And I don't think I'd... Ever recommend it to anybody? I,
2: I knew I knew Michaela was going that way, and, and and I think that if the film had any saving grace, it would have been the end fight scene. But when they had the snakes pop up, that was pretty much the, the yeah, death knell.
0: I, <laughs> I, I didn't watch, I covered my eyes for the last like part of the movie because they kept showing the snakes, and I was like, uh uh-uh. uh. So I didn't watch that part, <laughs> I listened to it, but I didn't watch it.
2: Now, my well, least-
0: dad. Do Do you recommend
2: this movie? Do I recommend it? So looking at this film, I mean, I I came in with actually some pretty high expectations because of Jim Kelly being an Enter the Dragon. I was expecting action, adventure. And I was getting a lot of that, you know, like James Bond martial arts flair, but the, the, the acting wasn't there to hold up the scenes in between for me. And the way they jumped around all over the place, like weapons popping up and disappearing and things like that. It made me wonder if one, if I had a bad hit, so it could be the copy that we have, you know, like we get a bad copy of the movie, but it sounds like from what you are saying, Derek, we saw what you saw (laughs) for
1: the most part. Yeah.
2: Yeah, For the most part. And, um, but I will say this, the best thing I can say about this movie is it makes me enjoy Dracula versus Frankenstein even more.
1: (laughs) Okay. (laughs)
2: And I, and Derek knows I like Dracula versus Frankenstein. It 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 it's, it's a fun film, crazy, good, all that stuff. That and this film tries to be that way. It's just missing some parts there. Um, so I have to, to say, if you were drinking, like Ben said, you know, and doing that stuff, you'll probably really get a lot of good mileage out of this movie and really have some fun. <laughs> Um, Put it on when you have a party going on and that way you can just watch the fight scenes when they're kicking in and, uh, and, uh, and, and really enjoy it. But if you're watching it just by yourself, I think you're going to, I think it would be a not recommend, but if you're watching it as a party film, I would give it a recommend if you're, if you're with the right group of people.
3: I will say, I think the three of us benefited from watching it together because we did just watch it together last night. And I think we enjoyed watching it together But I think if we had watched it individually, I don't think any of us would have finished the film.
2: What? I I would have finished the film. Michaela definitely wouldn't have.
3: Once it got to the snakes, (laughs) she probably would have turned it off.
2: I would have finished the film because...
3: I probably... I might have kept it on, but I would have completely zoned out by the time the ending, like the final fight scene came in.
2: What? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, this film is... is, Ah. This film, it's like a, uh, we were talking about it. They, they were saying, that, oh, this is, you know, this or that. And I was like, I've seen films that are a lot worse. And there's, there's things about this I did enjoy. But it was just there's, there's there's some parts that you have to get through to get to those scenes that were just just, just kind of rough. And it really makes me appreciate some other these these other independent filmmakers that I know have been on my show and your show, Derek. Um, in recent times and within and the ability that the, the work that they're able to put out with even less budget um, and, 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 and the skill that they're able to do with their craft there.
1: Yeah. And I think in terms of like general audience, yeah, I, I, I could see people having the same issues that, that Ben and Michaela and you have know, brought up as somebody who, Thought he was going to be a filmmaker when he grew up. I respond well to this type of filmmaking, the fact that it was actually completed. It's from a different era of filmmaking, too. I find the uh, way movies were distributed in the 70s to be fascinating. You know, before Jaws came along and all these blockbuster movies came along, they kind of changed the game for how movies are produced and released. To see these little p- pictures come out and try to be genre films, try to be big action movies, even though they don't have the money. It's just fascinating to me. And, and maybe that's why I like this movie so much, is I'm fascinated more by the uh, how it was done, and, and the, the gall and the gumption that they had to think they could make an action movie like this on what was obviously a limited budget, and still manage to pull something off. I mean, I'm fascinated a lot by that. so. I I get it. And I know I'm kind of joking a little bit like, well, I I can't believe you even like it, but I totally get it. I totally get it. Where you guys are coming from. And no, I don't think you're wrong. (laughs) Every movie, every movie is somebody's favorite, but also every movie is going to turn somebody off. And I get it. Um, Is it for everybody? If you know what you're getting into?
3: Yes. But
1: you really got to know what you're getting into.
3: Now, since you did enjoy this movie and you recommended it, I'd recommend, I don't know if you've seen it before, but in 1985 a movie came out called The Last Dragon. That's mm-hmm. similar to this one in some mm-hmm. ways, and I would definitely recommend that if you like this movie, you check that one out. I think it's a little bit better than this one and definitely has some good action scenes in it.
1: I I think that's a great film. It's it's something I haven't seen in a long time, so I'm glad you mentioned it. Kind of put it on a little further up on the list of the two watch lists that I have building this like two, 300 movies deep, but no, yeah, I agree with you. And you know, if you like Jim Kelly and what he does, check out some of his other stuff. Black Belt Jones is great. And three, the hard way is really good. Three, the hard way. I highly recommend. Um, Just Jim Kelly's great uh, with when, when he's doing what he can do, when, when he's allowed to do what he does best. I think an when, actor, no, but, you know, but, you know, he's still charismatic. And like I said, three the hard way, good film.
2: Yeah, I think when he has a director that's able to play to his strengths and um, work with him, I think you get a lot better of a performance. And uh, Sure. Um, one of the things Ben brought that movie, The Last Dragon, up, I was thinking of when I was watching this, I'm going to get you, sucker, <laughs> which is, to me, a great one because it takes these people that were in the Black Spectation movies the decade prior brings them back into a different film and it's a comedy but it 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 allows it has a lot of those same tropes and everything else in it and it really it's just it, it it's, it's a fun film and one day we'll end up hopefully reviewing that one um, down the road but i mean that's one i really enjoy
3: yeah that that one's actually really good i don't know if you've seen that one but it's got some funny things in it like the main plot line is some people are getting gold fever where they're buying mm-hmm. too much gold jewelry and it's ending up crushing them.
1: No, I'm familiar with the movie. Um, it's kind of a send up of, of the black exploitation films. It's definitely more comedic than anything else, but no, I, I'm, yeah, I, I dig that one too. Um, not, not as much as, you know, honestly, if I had the choice between I'm going to get you sucker and, Black Samurai, I'm going to put Black Samurai in. And <laughs> I don't know what that says about me, but that's just kind of where I would go with it.
2: And Derek, that's fine. You know, that's fine. It's okay. We, we, we'll, we'll get you some therapy sessions and we'll, we'll get you through this.
1: <laughs> I don't want therapy. I want more Black Samurai. So much so that I had forgotten that Black Samurai was based or inspired a little bit by a novel. And I went and I did some checking. Mark Olden wrote Eight Black Samurai novels. You know what I'm going to add to my to-read list. In fact, you can get the first one on Audible, of all things. So I've got some Audible credits. I'm going to check out the Black Samurai novel by Mark Olden from 1974.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, Derek, I want you to, next time we have you on, I want you, after you're done reading that book, to tell us how closely this film resembled the book. Because we, we did oh. an episode with um Rich Chamberlain about the Beastmaster and found out and researching it that the Beastmaster was based off a book series also, and and, and, and there's a lot of differences.
1: No.
3: (laughs) So much so that the author who was involved had them remove her name from the film credits.
1: I did not know any of that. Wow. That's something.
0: Yeah, the book was supposed to take place on another planet following a Native American who had been I think in a war and he went there and was trying to find this guy who killed his father and he could talk to animals and he could talk to like a panther and a horse and some ferrets and a golden eagle. And it's set in the
2: future, Derek. Yep. 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 But huh. you have to listen to our like re, our review of it um Rich Chamberlain, and um, it's it's kind of it was just like bizarre when you compare the two. You're just like, oh, this this sounded interesting, also.
1: <laughs> no, I, I I didn't know that going into it, um, but Andre Norton's a you know well known science fiction author, so uh, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah no she she did a lot of work and um and those mm-hmm. kind of things and and um one of the things i wanted to speaking of work thank you for joining us to do this review and um listeners remember monster Kid radio it it's an, it's available virtually in every podcast streaming you know ser, service distribution service you can get it from and it's also he has his youtube channel and derek has his books do do, do you do you ever sleep derek
1: I, I, yeah, unfortunately I wish I didn't. There's so much <laughs> that I want to do, you know, there's just no time.
2: Well, yeah. well, thank you for spending time with us to go through the, um, the movie black samurai.
1: One of The best movies ever changed your life, right?
2: <laughs> oh, it changed my life. All right. I can agree with you on that part. Yes. It was definitely a, a, a life changer. <laughs>
3: <laughs> That's like 80 minutes. I'm not getting back. Oh, but why would you want to?
1: Why would you want to, man? Now you've got Jim Kelly running around in your head.
2: You just got to know if you ever, if you ever going to meet Jim Kelly, make sure you're wearing a cup because he's going oh. for the crotch. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you, you, you do what you got to do, man. That's what I was telling Ben. Ben's like, he's fighting. It's like, no, man, when you're, when you fight, you fight to win. You don't, there's none of this, the Marcus at Qu- Queenberry rules or whatever. You, you put the guy down. Yeah. I mean, it's a little
1: mean if you drown the guy in the middle of a fight, sure, but I don't know, man. <laughs> I, w- I, I, mean,
2: will tell, I will say this. After that that fight scene with the guy he dropped the rock on, I kept saying, I'm waiting for the quicksand moment. And Ben said, quicksand's too expensive. I said, no, quicksand's cheap. And in this film, I'm just waiting for quicksand to show up.
3: Yeah. Could have used some of that, sure. I mean, I just felt that in a movie where he's supposed to be, like, the heroic character and a government agent – that it would have helped develop his character more and help the audience more if he hadn't done some of those things, because it would have built the character a little bit more.
2: And Derek, what are some ways that people can follow you and your show?
3: Well, you mentioned it already, you know, monster kid radio,
1: just do a search for monster kid radio. I'm all over the place. You can go straight to the website. If you want it's monsterkidradio.net. kid uh, we also have a Twitter and a Facebook. Just look at Monster Kid Radio there. That's probably the uh, easiest way to find the podcast. Uh, the podcast is on YouTube at Monster Kid Radio slash, I'm sorry, YouTube slash. Ah, one more time. How about YouTube.com slash Monster Kid Radio,
2: uh,
1: uh, which is the main YouTube page for the podcast. However, I recently launched a secondary Monster Kid Radio-ish YouTube channel as well, but unfortunately does not have a fancy uh, URL yet. Uh, I don't have enough subscribers or video content there yet to warrant that, but if you look up (laughs) electronics service unit number 16, you'll find it, which I know is uh, a mouthful at this point, but eventually I hope I can get a shorter URL. And that's where I'll be answering Steve's challenge for the pick 10 horror movies that have influenced
2: you. Cool,
3: ben. thing
1: that he did on Facebook
3: and ben, yeah. what are
2: ways people can follow our podcast
3: you can follow us at diecast movie reviews at instagram.com you can also follow us on Facebook at diecast movie reviews podcast uh, and I believe we are now launching a Twitter page would you like to speak
2: about that reach yes we it's diecast movie review podcast it's we have a Twitter I'm not really good with Twitter. but neither one of my two younger kids who are very much more proficient in Twitter than I am wanted to step up and do it.
0: I hate Twitter.
3: I've never tweeted.
2: So bear with us as we as I as you know I try to explore the tweet.
0: Well I'm trying to
3: find a joke here
1: and I've got nothing. But there's gotta be a joke there somewhere, right?
2: <laughs> my kids say me, that just looking at me makes them laugh. So I mean it's just I'm just a walking joke. Wow. <laughs>
0: Well, thank you, Derek, for joining us here today.
1: Do you really mean that? Yes. Are you really appreciative of it? Really, even though I brought this movie to the table?
0: Yes.
3: Gotta experience <laughs> all kinds of movies.
0: I mean it was it was an okay movie up until the snakes. If the snakes hadn't been in it, I might have recommended it. But the snakes <laughs> were in it, and that was the last straw. <laughs>
2: Fine. Yeah, because Ben and I both had to profusely tell her we did not see this movie before we did not know there were snakes. So she was giving us death stares. I said, it's all Derek. It's all
1: Derek. If I had known, <laughs> if I had known. You see,
3: now I almost would have recommended the movie because he named the vulture Voltron. And I'm a big Voltron fan. And when I heard that, I was like, oh Voltron. <laughs>
1: Why was that? What? I don't understand. Uh, there are some things in this movie that make no sense. And that's one of the reasons why I love it so much.
2: Uh, there was times I, I, I turned to Mikhail, I'm like, what? And she said, dad, don't try to think about it. Just don't, just don't think about it. Just let it flow. Let it flow.
1: <laughs> just let it hit you in the crotch. You'll be fine.
2: <laughs> oh yeah. Thanks. Thanks. This movie's just as good as a crotch shot. <laughs> wow
0: <laughs> well thank you everybody for joining us for this episode of diecast movie review podcast where we reviewed the black samurai um we hope you enjoyed the podcast and maybe we'll check out the movie um or you maybe you've already seen it and now you're angry with us but uh, we hope not <laughs> Um, so stay tuned, uh, for our next episode to see which movie we'll pick next.